This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Recent research shows that regular activity not only helps older adults enjoy life more, but it improves their scores on cognitive tests. Having a daily routine results in healthier aging. We'll have the story. The people who are getting up, getting going, and staying active for a full day, they tend to have less depression symptoms, better cognitive performance, and they're more alert, less tired. Then, kids are getting digital devices at a young age. An expert shares tips to help keep kids safe and avoid social media mistakes. Kids have all the same dangers as adults, but they sometimes have less of an ability to recognize it. And an additional risk is predators, and that is a real danger for kids. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. A recent study reveals ways that older adults can live happier lives while doing better on cognitive tests. Much of what it takes is a regular daily routine. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Valerie Young. Valerie? Thank you, Chris. You've probably heard the expression, the more you do, the more you can do. And human beings are creatures of habit. I'd like to welcome our guest to InfoTrack, Dr. Stephen Smagula, PhD, Assistant Professor of Psychiatry and Epidemiology at the University of Pittsburgh. And for some reason, you became fascinated with this subject of the more you do at the same time of day, the more you can do. What sparked that? Well, we evolved on a rotating planet with 24-hour light-dark cycles. And so it's no surprise to me that when your behaviors don't align with that very well, it can make you feel crummy. During my PhD, I was finding that above and beyond the amount of activity and the amount of sleep that you got, the patterning of these things really mattered for your health outcomes. You did this study specifically looking at aging, that this might be one way to get more productivity out of life when you are in your older years. What prompted that? And tell me a little bit about what you found. Right. It's actually a long history of research using these devices called accelerometers, which are now they're contained in phones and, you know, the Apple Watch. Is it like the pedometer, like just downloading your steps app or something? No, I'm so glad you asked that because it's actually it's a little different because it's just measuring acceleration. So you could be moving around and active, but not necessarily taking steps. So steps might underestimate how much light activity we're doing. If we just record activity, we just record motion and strap these devices on people, well, we notice people tend to be active during the day and resting at night, and that follows a pattern from day to day. But we've known for about three decades, if you do this with people with dementia or with depression, you see differences in the patterns. But we really didn't know how common it was to, say, have activity pattern disruption or a loss of these activity patterns. And so that's where this recent study came in and saying, What does a normal pattern look like? How common are these different types of patterns in the population of older adults? Now, it's counterintuitive to logic. You would think that if you do activity, you get tired and you need to rest. Your thesis, which has been proven by your research, is that the more you do, the more you can do. Explain that. Well, I think these things are reciprocally related and they shape each other. So what this study specifically shows is the people who are getting up, getting going, and staying active for a full day, 
they tend to have less depression symptoms, better cognitive performance, and they're more alert, less tired. We can't tell cause and effect from this study. It's a correlational study. However, there's two main sources of evidence that kind of make us think the more you do, the more you can do. And the first is that while you can't really force yourself to be happy or force yourself to not get dementia, what you can do is you can choose to be active. You might not like waking up at the same time every day. It might be hard to find ways to stay active all day, but it is under your voluntary control. You can do it. Define active. Are we talking about getting up and making coffee and sitting at your desk or running around and doing exercise? I mean, how do you define active? Well, there's plenty of evidence showing cardiovascular aerobic activity. That high-intensity stuff is really important for you. Now, that said, if you're choosing between lingering around in bed and not getting your day started, it's a lot healthier to get your day started and do something you enjoy that's light activity. And in fact, to be realistic, Valerie, you can't stay active running a marathon all day through your whole life. Right. I mean, we're told 20 minutes three times a day and you're good to go, right? So is that different than what you found? Yes. Imagine a scenario where you just do that and then the rest of the day you're sitting on the couch. That doesn't seem very healthy. And in fact, if you're doing that, you're probably not going to be able to build up enough good drive for sleep. And I think being active and engaged is more than just engaging in aerobic activity. I think it also means having things that you look forward to and engaging with throughout a full day. But the second source of evidence I want to mention are experimental studies where we know if you take an animal model or even in humans, if you do an experiment where you make them follow an irregular pattern, we know that that's depressing and we know that has poor effects on your brain. So altogether, what this is saying to me is there's a large portion of older adults who follow robust patterns, who wake up early, who are active all day, they tend to be healthier. On the flip side, there's a whole portion of older adults who may be following a pattern that could be harmful to them, but might be modifiable, might be something that you can improve to improve your health. And we really need experimental studies to prove that now. How do you get a person to, first of all, recognize need for change, which a lot of people do, and then really implement that change and rehabituate so that they're in a healthier way? Well, I think the first part is recognizing the need, but I think we can do more to bolster people's understanding of the process and of sleep medicine that you shouldn't get in bed if you're not tired. That actually staying awake for a longer period of time and avoiding those naps, it does build up your drive for sleep. Waking up at the same time every day does increase your circadian rhythm strength and that these are things we can do. But I think the difference is from these data, I wouldn't tell people you need to do all these things you don't like to do. On the contrary, the behavior change can be easier if we're accepting that we're not looking for people to go from the couch to running a marathon. We're looking for people to find things that they enjoy and plan a way that they can engage in them for a longer period of time throughout the day and at the right time of day. When you're talking about circadian rhythms, does it change from summer to winter? I mean, are you noticing that as well? In one of my earlier papers, we did show that there are natural changes that occur, specifically in the northern hemisphere and in the winter. Our activity patterns do kind of shift around a little bit. We might not be able to you know, stay outside as long as we might want. And so there might be a need in the winter months for us to adapt with different types of activities that can keep us going, again, rather than spending too much time in what I would call passive sedentary activities. 
Okay, the elephant in the room, of course, is Alzheimer's or dementia. You also study epidemiology. The loss of brain, do you consider that to be epidemic? Oh, absolutely. We've known for a long time that this is an extremely common disease among older adults, and with more and more older adults in the population, this is becoming a more common problem. But again, I want to pose to you something that a pioneering researcher named Usvan Summerin said to me is, do you want dementia? No. But if you're going to have dementia, do you want that plus jet lag? So even in someone who already has developed some sort of cognitive impairment, this is not the end of your life. You may live a very long time with some type of cognitive impairment, and you may need help identifying ways to keep you engaged in activities that you love and enjoy and can really fill out your day and give you purpose because those are the things that I think can help people sleep well at night and want to get out of bed in the morning and want to stay engaged in activities. And the other thing, too, is the warning that when you're in your 50s, 60s, and 70s, you can't quite run, hike, jump the same way you could. And a lot of times people have injuries, and once they get injured, then they become sedentary because they hurt. And so gentle exercise where you're not going to bang up your body, you know, and live in pain. Finding different ways to keep going, and it can be a hard process to adapt from the activities you used to love and enjoy and engage in and finding new activities. And so, you know, this is something that people might not be able to do alone in that we might need to reach out to our friends and family for support and honestly just creating lists of things that we find that we like and they can grow over time and they can help us fill our days with purpose. Dr. Steven Smagula, thank you so much for taking the time today. Well, thank you very much, Valerie. Next, helping young kids stay safe online. That story coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.